You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 50. That's right, guys. We are on the 50th episode of the Hello Awesome Podcast. That is so crazy. I am so beyond thankful for each and every one of you. I just can't even believe that I'm recording the 50th episode of the podcast. I wasn't even sure if I could get past the fifth one. So God be the glory. And thank you guys so much for just blessing this little podcast and me. So today we're going to continue our solo show series called Back to the Basics, where I am taking you to the foundation of why we apostolics are apostolic. I'm taking you to the foundation of the apostolic faith, and I cannot wait because today we are talking about seek light. The last two solo shows, we talked about the word, why the Bible is relevant and still true. We also talked about the oneness of God, why Jesus is God, and he operates in three distinct roles and he is not three different people. And today we are going to talk about seeking light. We're going to discuss today about why darkness and light cannot exist together, why light is so much more powerful than darkness, and why the Lord calls us out of darkness into his light, and we need to follow his light so that we also can become light to other people follow that. I actually have a lot of scripture for you today in this episode, which I'm excited about because anytime that we can dive into the word, not only does it validate what the Lord has been teaching me, but I know that the word is life and that it can do something for you in a different way than maybe it has done for me. However, we know that God is not the author of confusion. And even though he brings us to different levels of understanding, he will never deny himself. And so I'm so excited for him to just be able to work through his word to you through the words that he has given me to teach you and hopefully there will be a new revelation that will help you in your walk with God today so I'm going to stop babbling because we need to get into this 50th episode which is crazy again thank you so much for just supporting the podcast and helping us get this far this is truly awesome so here we go guys this is episode number 50 called Back to the basics, seek light. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? Before we get to why you're here, let me share two special deals with you from some friends of mine. The Hello Awesome podcast wants to welcome back our sponsor, Nuggles, for a new season. Through affordable, modest fashion, Nuggles aims to provide beauty with comfort. From dresses to slip skirts, modesty doesn't have to sacrifice style. Hello Awesome listeners can use the exclusive 10% discount code by using Hello Awesome 10 during checkout. Head to Nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high quality products to add to your modest wardrobe today. Do you firmly believe that our relationship with Jesus should impact every part of our lives, including the clothes that we wear? We do too, and so do our friends over at The Modest Poppy. If you're ready for casual wear that's high quality for the modern Christian girl, Use their special discount code TMP20 for 20% off your next order at themodestpoppy.com. 
you can be a witness for Jesus just by what you wear. So take advantage of these special offers from our incredible sponsors right now. Keeping great content and products coming takes not only time, but money. This got me thinking, how can I keep doing what I love, creating stuff you love, while also building a special program just for Hello Awesome's most loved supporters? Enter in Patreon. Patreon is an amazing website where I have put together an exclusive reward membership system. For as low as $2 a month, I will exchange your financial contribution with incredible benefits not found anywhere else. This includes bonus podcast episodes that haven't even been released yet, audio content, free digital copies of all of my books, current and future, beautiful phone wallpapers, an official Hello Awesome tote bag, and so much more. Just go to patreon.com backslash hello awesome. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash hello awesome to become a Hello Awesome Patreon today or click the link in the show notes. I appreciate you so much and just giving a little bit to Hello Awesome, you will receive so much exclusive content from yours truly. One more thing. Did you know my books, The Palace Keepers and The Glitter Effect are available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon? That's right. Just search the titles and add them to your next Amazon order and you can actually have one of my books in your hands in just a few days. Your support means the world to me. It really fills my heart and it financially supports current and future Hello Awesome projects. Head to the show notes for a direct link to my Amazon author bio for more details. Hey guys, we are back with another episode of the new Back to the Basics series here on the Hello Awesome podcast. This entire series is diving into why we as Apostolic Pentecostals believe what we do. I want to remind us that it is important to understand the why behind our lifestyle. If you have chosen to be Apostolic Pentecostal, you will have a moment or a million moments where your faith will be tested and that is normal. That's okay. What is not okay is when we have no answers to the questions that are being thrown our way or we don't have complete answers for our own selves. That's not cool, guys. More than just being a witness to others, tapping into the foundation of why we're even apostolic will help grow our confidence about why we are who we are and why we do what we do. It will help us be stable in wisdom and discerning about anything that's in opposition of the belief system that shapes us. So far in episode 46, we talked about why the Word of God, the Bible, is essential to the life of a Christian and how even secular scientists believed in God, how the scriptures are life-giving and we need to give them honor. In episode 48, I broke down the oneness of God and debunked the falsehood that is the Trinity doctrine. We went through a lot of key scriptures that unlocks the mystery about God's identity, that the Lord became a man and was the pure sacrifice for sin, that there are not three co-equal beings in the Godhead, but that Jesus Christ is God alone, operating fully in three distinct roles as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. Now that we've established that the Word is our source for truth and that there is only one God, the Lord Jesus Christ, today I wanna discuss why we need Him and the dangers of seeking fulfillment outside of who he is and the plans that he has for us. 
Psalm 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Have you ever tried to walk into a room without turning the light on, but immediately regretted it because you stubbed your toe on a piece of furniture? Yeah, ouch. We all have done that. It's pretty dangerous trying to walk around without a light source, right? How would we know where we're even going? Now, I've lived on this earth for about 35 years already, and I can tell you that there is a lot of darkness around us. One swipe of your phone to the nearest news media article about current events can prove that to you in about five seconds or less. However, sin is nothing new, especially to God. From the moment sin deceived mankind in the garden, it has deceived us every single day since. When the serpent whispered to Eve that tragic day, he whispered a lie that we still fall into. The lie that you can have something better than what God has already provided. Eve wanted to be like God, to know good and evil. Now, I don't think wanting to learn more is a problem. But if we have to disobey the Lord to get that information, that's the problem. The tragedy of Eden was that the Lord provided unlimited access to himself, but it wasn't enough. They wanted more. If Adam and Eve were curious about knowing good and evil, they could have just asked God, right? They could have ran away from the serpent and checked with their maker, but they chose to listen to the voice of darkness. God doesn't want us ignorant, but he doesn't want us brilliant at the expense of our souls. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. There are so many things we can apply from reading Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Yet one thing we must realize, yet one thing we must realize is the words of the serpent appealed to Eve's flesh, her human nature. Human nature cannot be trusted because it disregards the authority of God and only focuses on temporal needs within our mind and body. Eve started to desire the knowledge of God, knowing good and evil. A pride rose up within her against God. Eve wanted what wasn't meant to be hers. And this is true for many of us today. We don't know the vast knowledge that our Lord has and the plans that he maps out for each one of us. But Eve eating the forbidden fruit was her saying, I'm going to forget all the good that God has done for me because there's something more he hasn't given me. So I'm going to take it on my own. The biggest trap is thinking the Lord is withholding good things from us. While there may be an appointed time for certain blessings, we have to be okay with not getting everything we desire. There was a reason why Adam and Eve weren't supposed to have the knowledge the serpent told them about. They couldn't handle it. Their humanity created a limitation that actually brought them safety, but the enemy deceived them. Instead of seeing the protection of God, 
they thought he was being selfish. When their eyes were open to things they never saw before, their entire paradise was no longer paradise. Their blessings were no longer sufficient. Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The problem with the world today is we don't want a separation between what God knows and what we know. We want to mimic being a God and are not satisfied with our role as creation. It's why scientists are working around the clock to figure out how the universe was made. It's why the tech companies are spending millions, maybe even billions of dollars on artificial intelligence to copy human nature. It's why we are so addicted to the little screens in our pockets because it makes us feel omniscient and we can be everywhere at the same time without ever having to leave our home. None of these things are really wrong necessarily, but we have to ask ourselves, are we satisfied with God being God? Are we okay with him being in control while we follow his leading? The Lord Jesus Christ is the light source for our spiritual darkness. When we are confused, the Bible says his word is a lamp that shines light so we can see where we are going. From the very beginning, God used his words to create everything and separated light from darkness. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Genesis 1, 1 through 4. This separation between light and dark is something we must understand. Once we acknowledge that the Bible has real power and is the word of God, our understanding is open to who God really is. And once we see that the Lord Jesus Christ is both the Father and the Son, fulfilling all prophecy and providing a way to eternal life, that brings us to this hard truth. He is God and we are not. We can't save ourselves and we don't have the power to get to heaven on our own. There is a separation between light and dark because God is light and darkness is an opposition of who he is and what he stands for. Every person who has sought God out has to come to this crossroads. Do you believe we are sinful and God can save us? When the mask is off, when the people go home, when the fun is done and we're left standing in front of the mirror of truth, when our sin stares back at us, do we truly see it for what it is? Sin is everything that is in opposition of God and his principles for our lives. It's the darkness within us that constantly is fighting what God is trying to heal. Sometimes it's disguised as not bad or just a little. Sin is like having an inner serpent voice lying to you about who God is not. My favorite passage in the entire Bible is Psalms 1. It changed the path of my life so much and opened my eyes to the ways of the righteous and the ways of the wicked. Because whether we like it or not, when we act out sinfully against God, we are wicked. When we let sin be our voice of reason, it's actually the voice of rebellion. If we choose to do things our way and not God's way, we are not okay no matter how we spin the truth, no matter how cute of a bow we put on it, and no matter how much we try to cover it up for the world to see. Everyone else might be fooled, but not God. He sees the deep root system 
and knows where there is no solid foundation under what you are building. You have two choices when you're at that crossroads when our sin is revealed. We have two choices when we're at that crossroads when our sin is revealed to us. Follow the path of righteousness with God or continue on the road of the wicked without God. This road will be in opposition of our master and creator. And while the whispers of the enemy tell you it'll be better, it never is and never will be. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Psalms 1, 1-6 In my latest book, The Glitter Effect, I did a study on trees, and it was so amazing. There are a lot of similarities to the way trees operate in nature and the life of a spiritual person walking with God. If you're interested, search for The Glitter Effect on Amazon or click the link in my bio so you can snag a copy for yourself. Because here's the deal. Trees need light and water to grow, and so do we. When we are like a tree and plant ourselves by the rivers of water, we are tapping into the nourishment of God. Our roots go deep into the soil and follow the source for vitamins and nutrients that water can provide. We posture ourselves in a place ready for the light of God to strengthen us, and we position ourselves in a way that encourages growth. That's the path of the righteous. When we can say, hey God, I can't do this on my own, but I know you have what I need to be better and thrive. So I'm going to plant myself beside you and be open to the things you have for me because they nourish my soul. Recognizing we need God because of our sin isn't weakness like some people believe. Acknowledging that our sin is wrong and we can't save ourselves is wise. Only a fool thinks he can do whatever he wants and still make it to heaven. Don't believe the lie that you can be saved just by being a good person. I wish this was true. I really do. But the Lord has a plan of salvation in his word and we must follow it. It's laid out perfectly for us. A lot of people don't like that because they don't like rules or people telling them what to do. They would rather believe the lie that being a good person gets them saved no matter what sin they indulge in and paint God as this all-inclusive being who allows anyone into heaven without guidelines. The Bible will never tell you that. It doesn't say do what you feel is right and God will honor it. It just doesn't. We have lost the art of self-sacrifice and self-denial. Children today are being taught that not only should they indulge in everything they feel is right, but that we as adults will validate their feelings. Wow, how dangerous of a society we have now in 2020 that allows children whose brains aren't even fully developed yet dictate their lives based off of feelings, unstable things like emotions and desires. And they are being guided by adults who many of them have never learned to deny themselves. Because to them, it's wrong to deny what you feel is right. But the hard truth is no one will get to heaven by following their feelings. Jeremiah 17.9 says, 
The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There are ways that we feel are right, but the end will only result in death. This means if we follow what we feel is right, when we pass after this life, we will not continue on to eternal life in heaven with God. In fact, Jesus teaches this many times, but especially in Matthew 16, 24 through 26, which says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What price tag are you placing on your soul? How much are you willing to risk a spot in heaven over temporal things on earth? When the light shines on something in your heart that is in opposition of God and what he wants for you, are you going to follow him or continue on your own way? If you come to the revelation of who God is, but don't follow him, you don't get partial credit for the final test. The Lord doesn't weigh everyone's commitment in percentages and different levels. You're either saved or you're not. And as much as that's tough to hear, as much as we probably wish there were levels of salvation, there aren't. The Bible and God are clear. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. There is no in between and there is no gray area. If we see what we need to do to get right with God and we don't do it, that's on us, not him. He has already done everything to provide an opportunity for us to be saved. Grace isn't a crutch to inch your way into heaven. Faith without works is dead. 1 John 2, 4-6 through says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. So basically, guys, if you're going to talk to talk, you better walk the walk. If you say you're apostolic, be apostolic. If you say that you believe that Jesus is the one true God, then we need to act like it. We can't just say that we are Christian and not be Christ-like. If we say God is light, then we need to walk within that light. It's not saying we won't fall and mess up. That's a given. But God's grace isn't a free pass to heaven regardless of our words and actions. But his grace is a reset button when we need to be reminded who he is and who we belong to. We will sin even when we are on the right path, but it's a different perspective and we are in a different place. Instead of having an entitlement attitude that indulges in our own feelings and desires, we are instead led by Jesus through the wilderness and the valleys. When we ignore following God, it may feel like freedom for a little bit, but in actuality, we're more exposed to the enemy and his devices because we are operating opposite of the Lord and his protection is not activated around us. Matthew seven thirteen and 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way 
that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The light of God shines on a very narrow path, because he calls us to walk in a very specific way. While the world wants you to believe that there is a large margin for salvation, there isn't. God knows your sin and has everything needed for you to experience victory. You don't have to be hopeless. However, we must act and follow him when we get to that crossroads and we are faced with the reality of our sinful nature. Why should we follow Jesus? Because we now know he isn't a second person in a trinity, but that Jesus is in fact God himself. That helps us understand that when the Bible says God is light, we know that Jesus is light too because Jesus is God. So when we follow Jesus, we are following the light. Light that cuts through depression, lying, gambling, alcohol, drugs, generational curses. Light that divides truth from lies, sin and obedience, heaven and hell. Jesus is light and there is no darkness in him. So if we follow the light, we have a promise that eventually we will also be light to others so that they may be delivered from the darkness in their lives, just like God delivered us. 1 John verses 5 through 10 says this, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. If God is light, which he is, then it makes sense for us to also be separate from darkness and follow the light of Jesus Christ. To step out of our comfortable place onto a path that's headed in the right direction. This is one of the basic principles to becoming a Christian. We must deny ourselves and the darkness in and around us so that we can position ourselves with a posture that's willing to obey the light that is the Lord himself. I just wanna get a little vulnerable here. Recently, I had one of the worst two weeks of my entire life. And I can say that with full confidence. I had two funerals for two loved ones in the same week. On Monday and Tuesday, we mourned and celebrated the life of my husband's grandmother, who was very much like a grandmother to me these last 13 years. Then that Friday, I joined my side of the family at a memorial for my young uncle, who left us much too soon. I felt like I was in a different universe. None of it seemed real. But there I was, crying until I literally had nothing left. Also throw in a very heartbreaking parental moment in between both funerals and I was legit a mess. Understandably, I share this not for sympathy, but because there's a lesson in everything we go through in life. Maybe you've been going through a rough storm and it might feel hopeless. Maybe you have a dark past that the enemy keeps bringing up in order to distract you from doing what you need to do in the present. I've been there. Everything in life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, 
are opportunities to turn towards the light, allowing God access to the vulnerable side of us so that the darkness may flee. The side of us that usually no one else sees, but he does. With or without God, we will experience heartbreak and trials in this life. Unfortunately, it will happen. But when we follow the Lord, we have hope during the difficult times. When we don't act graceful, when our sin hurts other people, when life is just plain hard and you find yourself in the middle of a crazy situation or trial, we are promised that we are not alone. Now, I don't have the capacity or the power to heal myself or bring comfort to my own heart when it's in pain. But I know the Lord who does. And when I follow the light, he warms my soul, even when the conditions around me feel cold as ice. Jesus tells us plainly in John 16, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We are not promised tomorrow, and even though we know this, we often don't live like it. We are just flesh and bone and marrow. None of what we're made of will last. This flesh that we worship, that we prep and primp, the hair that we curl and style, the clothes that we wear and fuss over, none of it really matters when we're looking at the bigger picture. We can't save ourselves. Only God can do that. There has to be a crossroads where we see the light of God and it reveals some dark places in our lives and hearts. Not for us to wallow in guilt and shame and feel bad about ourselves, but as an opportunity to approach the one who has no darkness within him so that he can show us the way to becoming light too. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye shall show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Whether you yield to him or not, you are called by God out of darkness into his marvelous light. Whether you choose your way or his way, there is still an invitation available. There is still hope. This is our chance to respond the right way to a God who saw us and wept at the darkness that was consuming us. And he did something about it. A God who consistently reaches out with opportunities to have new life, free from sin and shame. We are chosen. We are loved. We are his. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. John 12, 36 and 37. The great tragedy of this generation is when someone, especially a young person, claims they're a believer without having real belief. This is why we have to go back to the basics. What's the point of knowing that Jesus is God if we're not willing to follow his light out of the darkness of sin? What's the point of dressing right and obeying our elders if we're not willing to lay aside every dark thing that is distracting us from our purpose, everything that we do in the dark that people can't see, God sees it. Now's the time to put away anything that is hindering you from walking forward in that purpose. You know all of the dark, sad, 
maybe messy things that you sometimes dive into when you're alone or when you're not around other people. God sees those things and he wants to call them out for what it is. He wants to tell you that is sin, but don't worry about it. I have already made a way that it doesn't have to have a grip on you anymore. God is light. That's a fact, but he will not force us to follow him. That decision we must make on our own. We have to make the choice to deny ourselves, deny the darkness that's trying to consume us, and turn to Jesus, the light of the world. Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Proverbs 13, 9 says, The light of the righteous rejoiceth, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Isaiah 60, 20 says, Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Micah 7, 7-8 says, Therefore I will look unto the Lord, I will wait for the God of my salvation, my God will hear me, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Revelation 22.5 says, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. All of these verses glorify the Lord, who is our light, he has the power to turn dark situations into stepping stone towards greatness. He has the power to turn dark past into vibrant testimonies of redemption. The Lord Jesus Christ has the power to step into any life and drive away the darkness of sin so that individuals will see their purpose revealed and will be equipped to fulfill it in the Lord. But the light of God is also given to those who are willing to leave behind the darkness of sin and follow him. The light that changes lives that brings dead things to life, that shines into the ugly places that need direction. That same light is given to his children so that we then become vessels that shine so others may find him through us. Matthew five fourteen through 16 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. John three twenty through 21 says, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Acts thirteen forty seven through 48 says, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Colossians 1, 12-14 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have the redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. When we come in contact with the light of Jesus, it will show us things we may not want to see. 
sins we may not even want to give up, things in our lives that we may not even think are a problem, but God has a problem with them. These are opportunities to allow God to be God. What will we do when we come face to face with the truth? When the light shines on our sin, we can either do something about it or let the sin consume us instead. We all have power of influence whether we like it or not. We will project something into the atmosphere we enter into. I encourage you today, my friend, to seek light and allow the Lord to work in you so that you shine light wherever you go. Choosing to continue on your own path will actually lead you right into the path of the wicked and into the arms of the enemy. Instead of projecting light, your deeds will reflect the darkness that will consume you. This is your chance to change. This is your chance to reset your life. This right here right now is your chance to not only follow the light, but to become one with the light. Let Jesus guide you. You won't regret it. There's so much more that I can say on this subject, but I do encourage you to go back and listen to episode 27 about idolatry and real truth. I did not touch on idolatry in this episode because I already spoke about it last year and I went really deep into it, but it's very relevant to this subject. In that episode, I define what idolatry is, why the phrase own your truth is dangerous and wrong, and the importance of showing up honestly for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you guys so much for all your support for the podcast, especially for the solo shows. I have seen a lot of awesome feedback about this Back to the Basics series. And if you have enjoyed them, please leave a five-star review in iTunes, letting me know what you've enjoyed most about them. It really would bless me so much to read how God is using this little podcast that could. Next week, we have a fresh interview with singer-songwriter Elizabeth Grace, an apostolic recording artist who has recently found success on the Billboard Christian charts. It's amazing. We talk about the power of music and how God is working in her life and career, and I can't wait to share that conversation with you. Until then, please make sure you have subscribed to the podcast in iTunes. Leave a review to help spread the Hello Awesome love. And if you're on Instagram, I would love it if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your stories tagging Hello Awesome Ministries, letting me know that you're listening to this series. If you have a private account, I can't see it. So I would love it if you would just DM me the screenshot and that would just encourage me so much. Oh, and also don't forget, I do have a voicemail set up to take messages. So if you want to leave a voice review of the podcast or a question, I honestly would really love that. It would be super cool. I haven't really received a lot of them, but it would be awesome to keep featuring voicemails from you guys on the podcast if I get more of them. So please call 860-698-0027. That's 860-698-0027. It does ring a while, so be patient, and you will hear a short message from me letting you know what to do. It's simple, and I really encourage you that if this podcast has blessed you in any way, leave a voicemail so I can share it on a future episode here, and we can celebrate what God is doing together. All right, sweet friends, have a great week. And I will talk to you again real soon. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. 
To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.